Hello, and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week, people have been listening to the live uh, recordings and watching them on YouTube, and then I'm making them into podcasts, and you seem to be enjoying them, which is just great. That's exactly what I want. And uh, if you are unfamiliar with this podcast, joining me because of my wonderful guest today, this is a podcast I've been doing since July. You don't have to listen to the oldest episodes. It's been gaining in technical prowess uh, as I go. My name is Nick. I'm a man of many styles. I'm doing a photo shoot tomorrow. Hopefully I can use these pictures for some sort of shirt idea. They're fun. I promise it'll be fun. I really want to shout out Brittany Lucas, who's photographing me tomorrow, and Peter Kaliniak, uh, who did the amazing uh, logo for the podcast and uh, just really interesting work. Check him out at familyofspirits.com. He's really worth checking out as an artist. And also to Andy Lloyd, an old friend of mine who is... uh, very helpfully mixing uh, the interview episodes I do, and he did so tonight. So yeah, this is a podcast. I do some solo rambles, and then uh, I also have guests, and I try to put them up pretty often. So I hope you're doing good. It's sunny out here, finally, and uh, I am soaking it up, and I'm taking care of cats. I'm taking care of dogs. I'm taking care of myself to some extent. I did a whole 15 minutes on the elliptical yesterday at the gym, but I burnt it. And tomorrow I'll be back. Maybe I'll punch someone in the face at the gym. I won't. I've never had a confrontation at any gym. Unless, of course, you're counting a confrontation with my own demons, in which case I've had many confrontations at the gym. Sometimes you see the hell inside of you by unleashing your adrenaline. That was something that uh, was actually a line that was deleted from Die Hard 3. Uh, Hi. So the guest today is a longtime colleague, friend, collaborator even, uh, Chris Locke, a comedian, hilarious guy. He has two albums, The World is Embarrassing and Demons Are Eating My Head. He hosts a podcast called Utopia to Me. I hope it comes back. I was a guest on it. It's not why I hope it comes back. I just think it's a great podcast, and I I really think it was high quality. He happens to have been a longtime member of uh, Righteous Wednesdays, which then became Laugh Sabbath, so we both were in, have been involved in that. He's done lots of videos with Nathan Fielder, including Side of Smooth, which is this ridiculous rap I guess a rap duo that they have some videos of up on YouTube. Uh, his comedy's great. He's performed at many a different festival. What can I say? He's a thoughtful guy. He's married to an incredible comic mind and character comedian and writer named Kathleen Phillips, who I definitely suggest that you check out. And uh, he was nice enough to come sit down, talk to me, We only had about 45 minutes. Otherwise, you can really tell we would have gone and gone and gone. And because of that, you know, I I think there's more more to come. But I really hope you enjoy this episode. It doesn't really get into that much detail about our lives. We just kind of have a nice talk about the things that are affecting us and were affecting us that day. So, uh, yeah. And, of course, it starts with some, some bumping around and some fun talking and, 
you know, are you recording that kind of classic podcast chat? And I, I really hope you enjoy it. Chris, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. You're watching it now. You're watching it now. I can flip it. Or does that, can, is that good? Are you recording the film? I'm, the oh, camera? No, I'm not, I didn't press record. But you're recording the audio. Yeah. You're going to edit that out? Do you edit your podcast a lot? Not really, and I don't really do it anymore. Why? Oh, various reasons. Two children. Two children, busy schedule, and also, yeah. I love that a lot of people liked it and they say nice things, but it's hard for me to do so. I, um, you know, regret letting anyone down if they're waiting for an episode. But yeah, I haven't done one in, since the fall of 2018. I loved Utopia to me. Yeah, you were an early guest, good guest. I was an early guest. And I don't mean yeah as in yeah, you loved it. I mean, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I just think it was, you had a theme, but you used the theme to interview people. And uh, thank you. Um, you used the theme to interview people and also expand from the utopia thing. Did you find you had guests who like really didn't want to give you the utopia that they dreamed of and were like not chill with the theme sometimes no 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 one was like um yeah aggressively against going to describing a utopia some people just didn't have much imagination to go there right and other times if we took us a long time to get to any kind of ideas like that it was just because we were so um interested in like what other things we were talking about that topics like time just disappeared and we forgot to get to it i think you can bring the podcast back i don't think i mean like who am i to say maybe you're bored but you know what it. i'm a very good podcast guest too this one's gonna get a lot of downloads and a lot of likes a lot of listens you're lucky to have me on well you know i've been sharing the episodes on linkedin lately there you go so linkedin i've never i'm not a you know it, that'll work for you nothing's working <laughs> here let me tell nick flanagan weekly it's nice to be weekly w-e-a-k-l-y yes a theme in my work a theme in your work your first album which everybody should go out and get is called i'm here all week oh which that's is so nice of you to w-e-a-k say. as well so i find it interesting that you are uh interested in perpetuating this uh, idea that you're a weak man well I mean, I, I know it's it's not necessarily a very good uh, brand in this day and age because everyone is about being strong. strong, you know, even within their weakness, like they love to go. My favorite thing lately is when there's somebody who does something wrong and they go, oh, I'm bipolar and I've been trying to deal with that. People go, excuse me, I'm bipolar and I never did that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, interesting, because. You know, Ah, I find that interesting because you've really been embracing lately the fact that you have ADHD. Oh, so do you find that you to come the detriment up... of my career? <laughs> but, well, because to me, just as an outsider looking in, it seems like it's more of like a new discovery for you. So do you feel like you're coming up against this wall now where people are saying, I have ADHD and I don't have all these problems and they're sort of like bothering you about it? No, no, because yeah. I've discovered that, you know, I might have thought that in... Um... In 2014 or 13, when I was like diagnosed, right? Like, uh, oh, you've known since then? That was when I found out. But the problem was, my dad was sick then, you yeah. know? And also, like, I just, the, the people who diagnosed me, the, the clinic that diagnosed me, which is like one of the main ones, it was the place I was sent, 
they really didn't give me very much to go on besides medication. So this would have been in the 90s? No, it's 2014. Oh, which was oh, like I thought you said when I was that was like 14. the 90s for, for your daughter or whatever. <laughs> the 90s were back, but yeah, it wasn't the yeah, 90s. That was like the peak of 90s fever. <laughs> I got confused. I'm sorry. I thought you said 14, you like know, it was in your age. Remember Kinder Whore? Remember when they would say that Riot Girls dressed like Kinder Whore? No. Like, you know, uh, Olympia, Riot Girls, like Kathleen Hanna. or yeah, I know uh, who they are. I don't know. Or, or Courtney Love, even. Kim, so was it like Kim, a play Courtney on like Kinder Eggs, the toys? No, I just, I mean, no. Like, what I realized the name was just yesterday, and it was so off-putting, and it's the kind of thing that people got away with in the 90s regularly. Kinder means child. Oh, <laughs> So it's geez. like in German. So they're saying like, yeah, yeah. Child whore. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No. No, it's not cool. What if your daughter was called a kinder whore, Chris? <laughs> this is a good time to ask, what are the symptoms of ADHD? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> like, what do you got? <laughs> you know what you're, you're like sometimes, uh, according to my limited opinion, obviously, uh, is you have super a collection of super super specific knowledge like what we just learned right now uh-huh. remember when the riot girls were called kinder whore <laughs> very the, useful stuff yeah but then you it's it's a symptom it's a symptom we all a lot it's a symptom of this age for sure just in general because mm-hmm. of how we collect information now but it does come out in chunks seemingly seldomly sometimes oh yeah well i mean i don't know how do you make that your identity you know what I mean? Like, you were a writer. I mean, you I'm are still a writer, a writer I guess. Yeah. Don't mean it that way. But I mean, I'm going to see Earl at the end of the month. I'm anyway. sorry. I meant like when I first met you, you were writing a lot for yes. now. And, yeah. and you still write. Um, I was but, writing a lot of different things but, at that time. But do you think that's a part of it? It's just like y- there's a part of your personality that's like must collect all, all knowledge of, you know, like you're. Uh, you know, I've, I've found that that's uh, diminished as I've aged a little bit. But yeah, I like. So I, it was of a time because the Riot Girl thing is of a time. Well, yeah, that was in the mid 90s. Right. And that was like a type of movement that I really uh, identified with. And that was like a very funny thing that was uh, majorly in the 90s. I think it was really the time of this where like kids like us who were just in Toronto were like. Man, I really understand where Buckshot Shorty from Brooklyn and Black Moon is coming from. When I hear my I was Deep, listening to Black Moon, but it. I was in Etobicoke. Yeah. I was by Roy York Station. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, and the and, and right, oh, these women feminists in Olympia, like I somehow that resonates with me. And I'm 13 and a boy. You know, so so yeah, yeah. That's I mean, nice. yeah, it is nice. It's just uh, it's it's interesting to me. Yeah, I think I tried to categorize something that I didn't even know what I was trying to categorize right there. No, I mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It's like, you know, there's people who have uh, trivial knowledge that they apply <laughs> and mine. I just apply to, you know, just any conversation I might be in. Like I could be talking to a doctor or something and I could go, yeah, there was a band called uh, Huggy Bear, you know, who actually uh, brought up a lot of the issues that mental health, I don't know what Huggy Bear did mental health wise, but you understand. I could talk to a doctor about Huggy Bear. Yeah. And then what does the doctor do? The radical band Huggy Bear. Doctor's Uh, like, uh he stamps the (laughs) 
in in patience <laughs> on, on the uh, certificate. Um, yeah, I don't know, but you seem like you have specific knowledge. You you know you know all about you you've uh, followed Zen and philosophers. You seem obsessed with that uh, to some level and and knowledgeable about that. Plus, you have a music knowledge too. So you know mm. you're always and and we have different ones in a way. Like you kind of. I feel like you lean more. Yeah, we bleed in and out. Bleed in and out, you know? And um, I don't know, like, how much comedy do you know about, you know, in terms of just, like, historical... Yeah, being a fan of comedy. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because comedy is, like, like, unfortunately, ridiculously so popular now (laughs) um, that I have to admit that when I... I'm feeling a little spent myself to get reinvigorated. I always go back to the classic guys, the vaudeville days. Groucho is my hero. W.C. Fields are uh, is my hero. Those two guys are my main reset comedians that I go back to. Those are not well. Groucho, I love, but uh, W.C. Fields, I never really got that into, and uh, I think that's it's really cool like, that you go back to these sort of it's uh, actually he's expressive, more expressive. Yeah. Uh, in the case of W.C. Fields, you know. Like he could probably have been in, even though his voice was so iconic, you know, and in its time, he could have been a silent film guy because he had such a look. He did you make know? some silent yeah. films, but they didn't take off. Yeah, what really hit him was radio, and then uh, made it hit for him in the radio, and then going back into film. Yeah, would you say that he was the best in his fields? <laughs> he was definitely the WC in his fields. <laughs> the bathroom. <laughs> he was the, the water, water closet. closet in his fields. <laughs> uh, should yeah. we tell everybody how we know each other? Yes, yes. I'm your doctor. Yeah, yeah, you're the guy who I was talking to about Huggy Bear. <laughs> in this podcast. In this podcast, <laughs> which is actually a doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of you watching the video, this is pretty uh, hip uh, hospital here. Got a lot of books, a lot of paintings on the wall. Yeah, lots of uh, pictures of my late eating dad. Too much restaurant food. You Where? Got a, uh, and over behind there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice we were also one. part of the great dad call of uh, the last few years. Yeah. 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 My real dad uh, passed away just uh, three months after my first daughter was born in 2016. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, he was an estranged, out there, kind of bizarre, eccentric kind of guy. Like you were estranged? Yeah. That's uh, I felt difficult. estranged. <laughs> like when he died, you guys were estranged. I, I became estranged from my father. This is passing. No. Uh, you know, I was talking to Yeah, my... if your father dies and he's not around anymore, does that make him a, technically a deadbeat? <laughs> oh, God. Only if he was born, only if he was very active during the 1950s poetry <laughs> explosion. I was, I was killed in the 1950s poetry explosion. You and your dad have a lot in common because you guys were um, very, you're wordsmiths. Um, Do you think you got that from your dad? Obviously. I mean, it's really hard to say in terms of genetics, but both of my parents um, provided a lot to read and a lot to see and a lot to hear, you know? So, so I think that that, uh, produced my interest in a lot of stuff and my ability to communicate because I was reading, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of young adult that was really good when I was young. Like Mm -hmm. I was reading my age a lot of the time, 
you know, but but the little novels. Now, young adult is a whole thing. I remember getting high in high school and reading um, White Nights by Dostoevsky because I took that book uh, from my friend's dad. I thought that was a book, with, a movie with Gregory Hines and Baryshnikov. <laughs> yeah, that movie is about <laughs> Dostoevsky wrote a short story about ballerinas. <laughs> <laughs> Baller, male ma- mannerinas. Ballerambos. Must have been hard for all those lady ballerinas to get completely blown out of the water. <laughs> I remember the depth and like darkness of Dostoevsky, like clearly shaking my not ready for yeah. that side of humanity, especially stoned. I didn't read that stuff in high school. In like a and I wouldn't want to read Dostoevsky stoned. I feel it was like, stupid. I read yeah. a lot of books stoned for a few years in high school, and it was like, I'm sure that's a cause of problems. Oh my god, I thought that one thing, the joke you made online about. Uh, hunter thompson that was so funny where you were like it's so real though, right? yeah 1971 he goes uh well i don't know about uh what does he say i don't i, I don't, don't advocate uh, i don't advocate the use of, or drugs yeah. or alcohol or, but they've worked for me type of thing and then yeah. age, age 68 blows his yeah, brains like, out i'm gonna blow my brains out on the phone with his wife but people kind of got defensive they're like he was a great writer and he was like but it's like yeah, yeah but, those are your 20 under 30 fans not your 20 under 30 I, that's fans. That's the thing. I feel like if you carry on wanting the f- original quote to just be the one you hold on to to your heart, like you're not growing as a person and understanding. Well, that's like heartbreaking. How t- you know, like time changes and things actually do physically and mentally affect you. When these artists. You know? Like uh, that's so stupid. But I, I mean, I think. I hate that about our generation. What do you hate? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you, but it's when like. You say I'm actually gener- passionate about that. There's so much evidence that everything that we think is cool for the most part is actually fucking killing us and eroding our minds and eroding our physical bodies. But we are still trapped in the idea of needing this makes us cool. It's like so embarrassing. It's really weird. And it's like like sick people drunk every night, smoking every night, looking sick the conversations they have with their friends are, I'm sick. And then it's like, <laughs> well, what the fuck, man? We can't get past that. That's, you know, I mean, that ideology. That's what I'm trying to do, you know? And it's not you. I'm not, I, no, you're no, not no. in this, but, but I'm that's, like, but I, but I literally kind of, uh, maybe bottomed out isn't the word, but it basically is because, you know, I've, it's just, it's, it's been so repetitive so for so many years, yeah. you know, where I'm just like, why do I, why can't I do this? Why aren't I getting this? You know, I, I feel, you know, why aren't my ideas? Why can't I finish an idea, you know? And, and why is this in worse moments? Why is this person able to do this? And why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, and on top of that, resorting to these sort of uh, things that would calm my mind that's what I would say to myself, but really what they are is they're um, sort of a nod towards wanting to die <laughs> and sort of being like, it's like not a suicide, but it's like a little tiny cut. Well, like you smoking know? and drinking? Yeah. Yeah, that's like a death drive. Or just like uh, being um, sort of free in a, in, a, in a selfish way or something, you know? And then, but by the time I got to Los Angeles, I was re- and really, but when my dad was first diagnosed with cancer, I was, I was just thrown for a loop, and um, and then in Los Angeles, I was just like, way more lost, uh, you know, 
than I'd ever been probably. But also I made good friends and I had did fun shows. So that's always been a weird thing is just this sort of level of functionality through it all, you know, like, mm -hmm. and not really in the same way as someone who's like hyper successful and functional, but like in a way where I could seem happy and uh, at a lot of the time, you know, and um, uh, even, you know, yesterday I was upset. And what was funny was I had one person, very nice person who called me and was uh, very encouraging in the morning when I was really sad. And then you called me when we had a great conversation. And that was like mm -hmm. the nail in the happiness coffin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was now trapped in the happiness coffin. And it really, uh, yeah. you know, eventually air ran out. And Who would I be inside to... the happiness coffin? Like Tom Hanks or something. <laughs> Tom Hanks is there with me. <laughs> Daryl Hannah. <laughs> John Candy. Everyone from Splash. Ron Howard directing it. It's actually the set of Splash. Yeah, there's water dripping out of this coffin. <laughs> but uh... I don't. Okay. <laughs> So that's nice. So you had a little, you want to call it a coffin? A happiness coffin buried inside your heart yesterday. Happiness coffin. This is my, why do I go to like a happy analogies that are like terrible? Uh, but yet, well, it got there, you know? know, it got there and, uh, and you helped, you know, which is, is kind of a funny uh, thing. And I, I'll, I always thought the favorite, uh, one of my favorite moments with, with you was uh, outside of the, uh, Toronto taco place. That's good. Uh, tacos al Asador. Oh, yeah. And and I went, I'm stressed. And you went, I'm fat. And then we were like, that's think, our thing. And you you said, that's like what we say when we don't know what to say. <laughs> that's <laughs> like the first thing, our go-to thoughts. But, but my therapist would say like, that's your like, you can't feel good. That's your loop that constantly has to knock you down. Do you have a hard time feeling good? Yes, I'm always hard on myself. I'm, that's why I try to make these mature changes now that I'm older and I'm a married man with kids. It's married like, to the great Kathleen Phillips, one of the true legends of Canadian comedy. Yeah. Young legends. Yeah, she's a genius. And uh, I'm a lucky man. So I want to, uh, you know, not take for granted this nice life I have. But uh, so you, you have to chip away at, uh, hey, look at that. That's a happiness <laughs> nail. Jesus. He did a message showed up on his computer from a person saying, I love you so much. Like, give me a break. Let's not even talk about this shit anymore. Everyone loves us. We're the, it's all good. We are loved. It's hard. It's hard to. But the thing about being hard on yourself. Is that your girlfriend? Message, yes. Are you going to cry? No. That's I mean, really nice and kind and supportive. Yeah, things are going good. You guys can't see, but he just got some messages from his girlfriend that are like really kind and supportive and loving. And yeah. I saw them. Yeah. So if other messages show up from other people, I'm going to fucking see them and you're going to get busted. Baby. Oh, you mean if you see something like from a different name that's Some like, guys... I love you so much. <laughs> no, just somebody being like, is that shithead that you hate Chris still in your bed, <laughs> still in your bedroom? <laughs> I made sure not to start any negative Chris conversations this morning. And I know that you can be negative about me. I don't care anymore. I'm... Oh, I you know what? I, I don't feel uh, I don't feel negative about you. I feel like, you know, the thing about us is that I think we generally are like honest with each other when we're feeling stressed out, you know, or feeling like if we were to get hurt. We've known each other so long that we've definitely taken advantage of that and our friendship and said 
the things that bug us about each other. Yeah, which is probably has more to do with just starting at the same time and uh, pursuing uh, also, comedy in sort of different ways, but wanting kind but of the same thing. But you and I are open hearted, artsy guys, too, that would like we would express ourselves anyways, I think, you know, like it's, that's it. I'm I'm 100 percent fine with that like that's a psycho, something i struggle with right like now. a psychopath that i'm not going to name contacted me out of nowhere recently on social media and it was like oh i see you're being so happy right now and i remember you 10 years ago talking shit about people and i'm like i never responded to them but it's like uh i talked shit about people yesterday yeah and i'll fucking own it tell anybody you fucking loser but you know that's also you know <laughs> like that's your problem if you I think that's be- like not a part of real life but a lot of the time when i do that you know, I there's there's like two types, right? There's the kind where I feel like someone is super disingenuous and it's yeah. like, I like to note that. And there's also something that I think has to do with being hard on yourself. And then, you know, it's our nature when we're hard on us, you know, the, the thing we don't want to think is that it makes us be hard on others. And that's obviously fine if you're hard on some awful comedian. I know. think that if you're competitive with someone, can mm-hmm. I just say this difference? Yeah. I think that if you're competitive with someone and you're talking shit about them in a real bitter, cynical, dark place, when you get your mind clear of that dark, low moment, you understand that you were using them as a scapegoat for something that you're disappointed from within yourself. Yeah. Some, But on the other hand, sometimes, and I'm okay to own that because yeah. I've been low, I've been bitter. This is a hard career and this is a hard life. You and know? Canada makes it. It's hard. I mean, I feel like America makes people go really crazy. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. But I can imagine. Oh my god! You know? Yeah. Well, I see Americans like subtweeting and saying awful shit about each other. Oh, all the time. It's 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 universal. But the thing is, the one other point I wanted to make: there are those types of people where sometimes you're like, "Oh my god, I feel bad." I'm talking. I feel like I'm talking shit about this person, but then you realize, no, I'm just describing what they're like. Yeah. So that's their problem, to be honest. Well, you know, you know I, what I mean? Like, you got to just like, it's OK to be aware of that stuff. And it's OK to be aware of you being in a low place and being a shithead, because y- y- if you feel shame about that, then you learn and grow. Like, I think that's OK. You know what I mean? I've gone down a hole lately. And at the bottom of that hole is the comedian Owen Benjamin. I'm a little loath to call him a comedian anymore. I don't know who that is. I don't think. Oh, it goes so deep. But he's basically a guy who is like an uh la improv like he performed at the improv all the time musical he would play uh piano he was very tall was he mean to you or something no 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 or Uh, he's just like shitty and you hate him no 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 check this out (laughs) then like he was going on all the podcasts all the comedians were cool with him and then he got into uh you know, the sort of free speech thing and oh. happily saying, you know, all epithets. And he fell in with like the Gavin McInnes, like he became like a Gavin, oh. Jordan Peterson kind of guy. And he was, in, and and then he got kicked off of Twitter for like being racist or whatever, saying racist oh, words. Oh, I do remember hearing about And he that goes guy. on Joe yeah, Rogan. Yeah. He was going on Joe Rogan for a long time. Cool, man. Very cool, Jerry. Experience. You're the next Joe Rogan, I think. I think so. I guess, like, you know, I need Joe Rogan's supplements. podcast was originally called Joe Rogan Strongly. <laughs> right? He's the opposite. Yeah, it was called Joe Rogan Strongly. Joe Rogan reps and squats. So you were really disappointed by this guy and using him as an example or something? No, no, no. So this I mean, I would never, I didn't even, I didn't care about him before. And he went, but he went nuts. He moved to like 
you know, some small community with his wife and he got really, really popular on with like, you know, weird right wing young people and mid mid people. Mm -hmm. And he does like really long live streams now and he shit talks all the L.A. comedians and it because he knew them all. And they're all hating him now. So it's like, and he also should talk. He was like, he's so crazy. He got kicked out of like, you know, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, those people like, and he should suck them. He's just gone completely rogue. And I don't, and he also talks about Jewish conspiracies, like, and the moon landing being faked. Like he is out there and I'm becoming obsessed. Um, I'm taking this out of the podcast. You are? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's good to be honest about that. But I mean, let's think about uh, why you would choose to be obsessed about that. I think I obsess over people who um, don't seem self-conscious about going off, you know? And I think I'm self-conscious. Uh, I, I, I think I'm self-conscious. But I also think I'm interested in people who actually have hard opinions, you know, and like express hard opinions uh, to pub in, to the public because I I'm confused at how you could have that these confident, super hard opinions, you know. It's like a blind sort of arrogant confidence. I mean, I guess I have, but also if someone becomes like a vile, mm-hmm. such perfectly villainous sort of like, yeah, like evil. Exam, like, but he's like a Charlie does, Sheen guy. He seems like he's your, off the rails. But like, it makes so, you feel better about yourself too, right? Because then you're sort of like, you, you know, you get to be like, at least, at least I'm, no matter what anybody says about me, I'm not this crazy. Well, I never felt <laughs> that crazy. No, but I mean, but yeah, but you know. I mean, I, mean. I wish I were that crazy because you, you sort of have that magnetism, <laughs> you know, like that crazy, <laughs> that sort of manic magnetism that people- Yeah, it's like, I wish I had a gimmick. Right? Well, I do think that, that you know, entertainment has this, this weird thing where if you are manic and displaying your intelligence and speaking like you're on coke at a party all the time, people listen and it can engage them. And if, if especially if you have charisma, I mean, you've seen like- Kanye West or or Charlie Sheen, you know, and and now Owen Benjamin is making like twenty three thousand dollars a month off of Patreon, you know. So there's, and I think that's truly toxic, and it's uh, it it speaks very well of our generation, um, but also it's probably something that existed forever. So it's weird to kind of think that the most famous minds that maybe we think of of the past are actually lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> who just had big mouths yeah <laughs> and, think, and that yeah. we're following the ideology of people who weren't well <laughs> yeah yeah there's no good noble story in history well what about the uh it's all immaculate fantasy. conception that's clean <laughs> it's the cleanest one yet. yeah cleanest story <laughs> Um, yeah, it's weird. Like, <laughs> there was no way she'd have an orgasm during birth. <laughs> That's why that story exists. I think it's good that you're fascinated and like exploring that type of phenomenon because you're right. Like, as we know, like something in the news that happened yes last night. I'm or obsessed. Whatever. I'm obsessed with the, what's uh, happening with this horrible in, shooting. In and New I'm, Zealand. I'm, I'm actually really heartbroken about it in a way that feels. Like I've never really felt before yeah. because it feels like it's spreading sort of. Well, beyond that, it feels like the um, internet culture that I've been 
paying attention to and praying was like more benign than it seemed, which does include people like Owen Benjamin and includes people like Faith Goldie. And uh, it includes a lot of people on Twitter, you know, this sort of hyper sarcastic thing. I don't know if you heard about this guy's manifesto that he put out. Uh, one of the people who shot up this mosque in New Zealand. I heard about it. But put I, out a manifesto yeah. and, you know, it was. He wanted to incite a race war. Well, beyond that, it war. was just really deep in using meme language and copy pasta stuff like all this kind of 4chan, 8chan. Uh, the Donald Reddit thing, like deep internet stuff. And like, for instance, yeah, he said like Candace Owens is a huge influence, but like, obviously Candace Owens is not a huge influence on him. He talked about the game Spyro the Dragon, Fortnite Time to Dab. And then he like, and he was sort of asking, like, you know, asking questions and answering them, you know, and and that level of extreme onlineism, as they call it, the kids call it, uh, leading to this when I've read so many people like this online and reported them, by the way, like on Twitter and stuff, it really worries me because it's so prevalent, you know, and more than that, even if it's not prevalent, it seems prevalent because it's such an echo chamber, you know, like they're just really reinforcing each other's ideas, you know, about. Mm. So it's uh yeah it's really scary in, in that sense you know and it's also scary because it's going to be filtered through the the media that is uh almost the most dishonest it's ever been as television media you know it's just like so obsessed with impeaching trump mm -hmm. about like and making trump look dumb you yeah. know like it, which is like not why people are mad at trump like they're mad at him because of like specific policies, you know? Yeah, like, it's just like superficially partisan and that's it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, and it's not even partisan in that, like, it's not even really going to trying to say, oh, the new debt, the Democrats are good. It's literally being like Trump is dumb, you know? Like, so anyway, uh, their filtering of that is probably also going to provide fuel for a fire. Like I'm, I am worried, you know, because we've seen it in Canada and the U S has seen it. And it's we've like seen it in Toronto, so in Toronto twice in like one year. Yeah. Last year. I know, but we're gonna have to leave soon. It's like such a bummer, but there's sorry, nowhere to go. You were saying there's that there's literally nowhere to go. New Zealand's supposed to be the safest country. Not according to Peter Jackson. <laughs> a lot of his movies set in New Zealand had quite a lot of gore, bloodshed. Maybe Peter Jackson is responsible for this. LOL. I don't think if you're not stable in the mind out there, don't watch Meet the Feebles. <laughs> oh, it'll give you some ideas. I think it's good that you're like aware of that stuff for sure. But you I... got to watch it because it's it, it creates the obsessiveness that they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe they're that's well, like I retweeted. A big a, issue. I didn't tweet anything today, really. I just retweeted like someone had a good point about because YouTube said like our hearts go out to the, like, you know, and then uh, the victims and all this families and all this stuff. But someone had a good point. They're like, well, how about you take down all the Jordan Peterson, like Ben Carson, uh, Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro. I mean, sorry, <laughs> sponsored. <laughs> take down the Ben Carson. Yeah, stuff too. he's weird. Yeah, just take him down anyways. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> lead to good. No matter what. <laughs> But yeah, Ben Shapiro. Keep Jordan, up the Johnny Carson. But they had a good point. They're like, these are like constantly being promoted to me. And all I actively seek out is like 
cute videos about puppies. So like, yeah. what the hell is going on? So yeah, I think those guys make a lot of money for the social media websites. And that's all that matters too. I think that really all weird. of those major companies, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, especially all three of those, but especially YouTube in a way, except Twitter is really bad too. They need to actually have a separate wing that is just dedicated to sifting through hateful shit, you know? And it can be ISIS, it can be like, you know, Islamic hardline stuff. It can be, you know, uh, it but can, what happens it can to be... those people if they're shunned by popular social media? Well, then what happens is they start something like Gab, which was the sort of Twitter alternative, or they start their own Reddit threads, and they're much more monitorable, mm. you know? And uh, like this guy on Twitter was posting his manifesto, like was showing pictures of the guns. He live streamed it to Facebook. If you take that out and mm -hmm. it's happening, you know, in a very contained environment, you know, then, and you know, that means you know how many people are, are deep in it. Like their fantasy know? is sort of like being blockaded to becoming reality more in a way. Cause then, yeah, it's just more monitored, you yeah. know? And it's like, uh, I, I just think that, um, because you, because yeah, it becomes a reality because it feels like they're being supported by mainstream but social media. What's frustrating to me is I don't want to recommend more overseeing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, I know. It's like I really don't want to. I but know you want people to have responsibility for themselves. If and we're at the point where then people that just are being shows you that the internet is literally there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Even as casual comedians using social media, we already know it causes like a, a new mental illness. Something it <laughs> creates it, it heightens some of our vulnerabilities, you know, and it also creates us in a way, a means of exploiting our vulnerabilities through relating with people, which I think is fucked, you know, like it's, it's like, I saw somebody at one time who like had the language of recovery culture and had done recovery, but the way they would spiral would be like using that kind of language to continue to be fucked up. You know what I mean? And and uh, and really Twitter now, especially in comedy, is like if you say something like, oh, you know, like I kind of want these men. I, I mean, if men were killed, this is good. Or if you say, you know, or if you say, God, I'm thinking of like cutting open my stomach and just seeing what the contents look like because I ate all these chips. I want to know if I've digested them. OK, well, that's actually kind of fun. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think I wrote that tweet. Yeah. But, you know, if you write something <laughs> like I'm I'm so sad that right now the bed is full of my poop because I pooped to bed, yeah. you know, and everyone will be like, ha ha ha. You know, it's I call it despair Twitter, you know, and it's like some of it. It's hilarious because it's funny people saying it, but you know, if your pain is so great and all you're doing is, you know, validating each other's pain rather than trying to go forward and you're, everyone's enabling each other in that, mm -hmm. what does that do, Chris? Well, stay makes, tuned. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it is weird because it's like, um, each individual becomes completely isolated even when surrounded by everybody else. I hate that, you know? It's like, like these, yeah, we're like, um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of like uh, Matrix-y where we're these sort of like 
like ah like in real life we're becoming just like avatar representations of thought we're thought nodes yeah you know and and mm. we're just and then we're we're showing video or pictures to like on mm. instagram or what or periscope mm -hmm. you know to let people know that we are extant as the as it's, it's is periscope still happening yeah can i tell you something <laughs> it's just though? attached to, to twitter i still um you know i travel a lot nice um i still meet a lot of people and have great conversations so i don't think it's as dystopian as it seems uh but i, I do think that like and and i think we're not we're not just talking about ourselves we're not just acting like memes and avatars but i, I think you know, I think I agree with you. And last night we did a show that was sorry to interrupt. Mm -hmm. I just we did this show last night that was a treat. It was fun. You know, it was dumb. It was fun. It yeah. was it was full. And it was just people. You know, someone said to me, oh, you know, I don't yeah, there's go a out. lot of crowds at comedy shows all the time. Like it's and not, they're and they're some of the most like positive living. people, you know, at least in Toronto, like and in L.A. It was that way, too. You know, you just um, well, I hope you don't. But I thought one thing that I thought was really funny about the show last night was you had these super deep specific <laughs> online ism references and yeah. Tim was like I don't know what you're talking about well, like so it's just like Tim you know, Gilbert I host I hosted yeah, this so I hosted a show yesterday with Tim Gilbert as our fake improv duo called the Jalapeno Poppers and Chris uh, and our friend James Hartnett who's been on the podcast was uh they were the Orgy Porgies a sketch duo Yeah we yeah. just made it up at the last Sabbath show that we perform at. But yeah, I Regularly. think like I think you already expressed like being aware of it. But I think um, there is a difference between fixating on and going down the rabbit hole and creating what you're like interested in on the Internet becomes this sort of like all encompassing world. And then also so giving yourself some time to separate from it, you know, realize that it's actually not connect like connected in to you in any real serious way and and, and then realizing that you know for the most part I, I, these people definitely have like a mental illness but i you know i don't know it's like the numbers are still not that big for these groups of people you know comparatively but i know what you mean it is something weird's happening i don't know i mean it's like hundreds of thousands of people following you know faith goldie on twitter it's like you know it's it's but hundreds of thousands in a country that yeah. has hundreds of millions well it's i mean she's from canada so we have 30 million oh yeah yeah you oh, know faith goldie's that one oh that uh, yeah oh, i forgot who she was sorry yeah really. and like some of them have close to a million i see i don't even take her seriously well, that's maybe that's my problem i mean the problem is not taking stuff seriously i just see her on the news and i'm like oh you're a fool and then i forget about it for sure i agree with you I, but no you're right maybe i'm not taking yeah, it seriously enough i mean the thing anyway uh, we we've got to go but uh i think we have to do like a part two of this this might be a two-parter Partu, 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 partu is such, partu is such great sorrow in this scum <laughs> of, in this hive of scum. And well, basically, this podcast episode was me just like actually taking some of that stuff seriously because I didn't know about it as much as you did. Today, I just learned like so much. We talked to Chris about how the world has problems. I don't have a solution. You can pick up his album. Demons are eating my face. I wish the head. Sorry. <laughs> I wish like I wish there was like some sort of this is not 
productive. But <laughs> what, why would you, you have... call the demons are eating my face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other, yeah. Pick it up. Pick it up at all your local iTunes. Uh, what were you going to say, though? I don't know. I just wish, like, I'm, like, naive about that stuff. I just wish if you had the instincts to be so full of hate that you think that you need to kill people i wish that you could just admit that and then we could transport you to a planet that only has rocks and no water right like in that movie (laughs) but that's like a glib sort of naive way of thinking about it i understand but the jim thompson novel the the getaway which was made into that movie with uh, steve mcqueen and um yeah ali mcgraw i think yeah and sam peckinpah yeah uh the 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 um book of it has this really cool ending where like they get away but they wind up going to this like basically criminal city that's just all only the worst people like murderers and stuff and basically basically they're all killing each other like it's essentially like yeah it's like hell like everyone's conspiring against each other and killing each other and like culling each other and like that's where everyone should go I hope that's where they send these New Zealand people. Hell City. Helsinki. Hell, <laughs> no offense if I have any Finnish listeners. Yeah. We're Hell finished. City is not finished. We're finished. Hell we're City finished. is not finished. We're finished and we had funish. Funland. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome to This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. And have you ever wondered why Snoop Dogg isn't a dog <laughs> today we're going to talk to people that uh, take their children to swimming lessons <laughs> have you ever wondered why uh pools uh are chlorinated no. <laughs> yeah. just what is that thing on top of your head hats <laughs> okay very interesting hour on weird hats can you say keep it crispy keep it crispy <laughs> What's up, everybody? Just wanted to let you know that if you want to support the podcast, there's a couple of ways you can do that. First of all, if you don't have money, you don't feel like you can donate to this, uh, but you really love the podcast, subscribe to it. Tell your friends about it. That would just be the best. And then if you do want to support the podcast, which I would really appreciate, a monthly donation goes really far because I do have these costs for SoundCloud Unlimited, for these different programs I've got. Uh, I also have people helping me with the podcast that I really would love to remunerate. And basically, I'm also trying to stabilize my life, so any kind of regular money would be just the greatest, Uh, although it's gotten way better since moving back. And the podcast has been amazing to do, and I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. But if you go to patreon.com slash nickflanagan, You'll see I've already posted a few treats for people uh, who are patrons to check out, and there's only going to be more. So that's what I'm talking about. Also, if you donate to my PayPal, if you would rather make a one-time donation, you can do that at paypal.me slash nickflanaganweekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, and uh, I will send you cool things if you donate like my comedy albums, like different things. So that's a way to support if you don't want to do a monthly thing. 
Uh, as well, if you have comments, questions, feedback, topic ideas, guest ideas, anything, let me know. Weeklypodcast at gmail.com. W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Chris Locke for being my guest. He's a great friend, great comedian. Really glad I know the guy. And uh, if you want to find out more about him, just go to Chris Locke Fun on Twitter. He's on, you know, all of the social meds. And uh, you will probably find his tour dates easily and gain access to many of his wonderful things. Definitely pick up his albums, The World is Embarrassing and Demons Are Eating My Head. So enjoy. Have a good time. Let's all be the kindest we've ever been. Being in our lives from this day forth. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.